Hello and welcome to another edition of Problematic Women, a podcast and Facebook live show that showcases strong conservative women, current events, and the hypocrisy of the feminist left. My name is Kelsey Harkness and I'm a senior news producer with The Daily Signal. I'm Jenny Maltavano. I'm a contributor with The Daily Signal, and we have got a great show for you today, including J. Crew's feminist t-shirts for little boys, The Bachelorette controversy, Kim Kardashian's visit to the White House, and Ivanka Trump. But first, Jenny, we have to talk about Roseanne's racist comment she made this week that led ABC to cancel the entire show. So I'm sure everybody has heard about it by now, but Roseanne Barr went on a complete Twitter tirade Tuesday morning that caused ABC to pull the plug on the hugely successful reboot of the show. Among the crazy tweets that she sent was a racist insult directed at former Obama advisor Valerie Jarrett, an African-American woman who was born in Iran. Here's what she said. Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby equals VJ. Pretty absurd, inappropriate. In my opinion, ABC did the right thing here. I agree with you, Kelsey. Now, Roseanne Barr attempted to apologize. She said, I apologize to Valerie Jarrett and to all Americans. I am truly sorry for making a bad joke about her politics and her looks. I should have known better. Forgive me. My joke was in bad taste. Um, She also then reiterated, I should have known better. Um, And she said she was going to leave Twitter. That did not happen. (laughs) She Um, did not. (laughs) uh, That was not enough for ABC. And they canceled the reboot, which a lot of people found on the right and the left, the right thing for ABC to do. Yeah, I really haven't seen anyone um, on the right or the left come out and criticize ABC for this decision. I think everybody knew this this was this was what had to happen if you tweet a racist comment like that, especially when her character is so closely connected to who she is in real life, which is kind of rare. Um, but I also think what's important to note is that Americans shouldn't be surprised by these ugly comments. And I think it really raises the question of whether ABC should have uh, restarted this show to begin with. So a bunch of people were pointing out this week uh, some of the some of the nasty things that Roseanne Barr has said and done in the past. Um, David French had a piece over at National Review who um, and he said Roseanne was quite obviously one of the more toxic, toxic and troubled personalities in American public life. She trafficked grotesque conspiracy theories, said that anybody who eats Chick-fil-A deserves to get the cancer that's sure to come. I mean, really, don't don't touch Chick-fil-A, Roseanne. <laughs> and he also wrote that she defiled the national anthem more thoroughly than a thousand kneeling football players. So I do think that ABC deserves a lot of the blame here, but there is a big question in their decision to cancel the show about whether or not there's a double standard. What do you think? Well, I don't think it's any secret that ABC wasn't thrilled about the reboot in the first place just because (laughs) of the connection to Trump and, and whatnot. But the great thing about America is that a company like ABC has the right to decide how they handle something like this, which we should celebrate that in and of itself. I mean, you saw with Kathy Griffin, you know, she ended up having to cut ties with CNN when she had the photos that were in very poor taste of President Trump beheaded. Um, So you see this kind of stuff. There always is a degree of double standard. But I think in this case, ABC dealt with it the proper way. But like you pointed out, this was no secret that Roseanne had these kind of troublesome leanings and these racist tendencies by any means. It's just that now ABC has decided to act. 
Yeah, so I've seen a lot of people, including the president, argue that there's been a double standard. Um, Trump says that Bob Iger of ABC should call him to apologize for the horrible statements made and said about him on ABC. He said, maybe I just didn't get the call, question mark. I would actually argue, though, that the comment by Roseanne Barr really crossed a line um, that's different than the type of backlash and insults and vulgarity that President Trump has faced. I think racism is just on a different level and there needs to be a zero tolerance policy. I do not defend the many disgusting things that Keith Overman has done or Joy Behar, who suggested that Mike Pence has a mental illness mm-hmm. uh, because of his faith, because he believes in God. I think those are terrible, and I question whether they still deserve their jobs. They certainly should have apologized faster, but I don't buy into this whole there's a double standard argument, um, mostly because I just think this comment was racist. There's no excuse for it. There's not even any way to defend it. So there's definitely a lot to unpack when it comes to Roseanne, but I think that the idea of the double standard, we could have more of a conversation about because just last night, um, Samantha B, who is a comedian on a TBS show called Full Frontal, um, referred to Ivanka Trump as a feckless C word. We're going to play that clip really quick with a few beeps. <laughs> Let me just say one mother to another, do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless he listens to you. Okay, clearly that's ruffled a lot of feathers, especially in light of what happened with Roseanne and ABC pulling the plug on that. Kelsey, what do you think? So I just argued that there's not a double standard when it comes to Roseanne. Maybe I need to take a little bit of that back, given what just happened with Samantha B. I still think that racism is on a different level than sexism. They are both terrible, but given our history, I think anything that has to do with race, again, zero tolerance. But why should, also, why should we have any tolerance for sexism? I think a lot of people are saying when it comes to Smith, well, she's criticizing, she's a woman criticizing another woman, so she's allowed to do this. I don't think that's true. I think that maybe makes it a little bit better, but that doesn't give you any excuse to use this type of language on national TV. So her show now runs on TBS, which is owned by Time Warner. Time Warner also owns CNN. And I think we need to unpack the two situations a little bit to figure out if there really is a double standard. So the Samantha B situation, that clip was scripted. It was approved ahead of time, I assume by multiple people. And in that sense, I think it makes it worse. And it also makes the network, it makes TBS and Time Warner somewhat accountable for what is being said and what they are, the type of programs and people they are funding on their network. But as my mic falls here, but on on the other hand, um, well, not on the other hand, this was also an attempt at political satire, which I think makes it less worse than the Roseanne situation. Roseanne was not attempting to be funny in what she said. Samantha Bee was attempting to be funny. She was not funny. So I think the fact that it it was scripted makes it a worse situation than Roseanne, that this was approved. 
But the fact that it was, you know, an attempt at comedy makes it a little less bad. And then, again, I think you need to think about the differences between sexism and, and racism. So that's my take. It's a complicated situation. Um, but overall, I think we do need to look towards Time Warner and wonder, ask them, why are you funding Samantha B's program? Is this the type of content that you support? Um, is there nobody, no other comedian who is a little more decent in the way that they go about their routines that you can find than Samantha B, who not only uses the C word towards other women, but also is basically telling Ivanka Trump to seduce her dad? I mean, that's not funny. That's disgusting. I agree with you completely. It will be interesting to see how the company reacts in the next couple of hours, especially as more and more people weigh in. You know, Mary Catherine Ham is talking head on CNN, and she, I just want to read what she said. I, I really liked it. She said that the president is, quote, not entitled to apologies from news outlets just criticizing him, but, quote, you can recognize the racism of Roseanne and that she should have been punished for it socially and recognize that there is a double standard when taking into account Samantha Bee. Yes, there's a there's a double standard, but I think the two situations are a little bit different and they just happen to have happened back to back. So everybody's comparing the two. Um, I think that most importantly, what I want to say about this is if you listen to the whole Samantha B clip, it's about seven minutes and the whole segment is her typical routine. No surprise. At the end, she just comes out swinging with these this inappropriate language and it's almost out of nowhere and to me it just sounded so desperate because it was not necessary for her to make her point and I think that's something that comedians it's a fine line they have to walk and if they're going to push the boundaries there better be a good reason to push the boundaries she did not have to use this type of language here and she chose to and I think that reflects really poorly on her so many people, I think, right now are blaming the status of our national dialogue right now on President Trump. I think liberals need to look within and ask why Samantha B still has a TV show and also ask why they're not calling for her show to be canceled, similar to what happened to Roseanne. Next up, so The Bachelorette started again this weekend. Now, Kelsey, I was back home, so I watched it with my sisters. I haven't consistently watched the past couple seasons, but I decided to give this a go. And she gave her first impression, Rose, which is, if you watch the show, is a pretty big deal, um, to a guy who now, it's been reported, has liked some problematic posts, according to some people. Now, um, mute now. Spoiler alert. So seriously, mute now if you don't want to know the possible ending of the show. Ginny, Ginny apparently reads all the spoiler alerts and is pretty obsessed. I don't I don't watch the show, so I'm curious to hear this. I don't mind the spoiler, but if you do, mute it. I love watching knowing the ending, um, but seriously, <laughs> mute now. Um, it's been widely reported by a lot of good spoiler people that she, if not, ends up with this guy. He gets very far into the competition. Um, and some of the posts he likes, they were definitely you know semi-conservative leaning, but more than that, they were just anti-liberal is, is what, you know, I would say about them. And they weren't awesome taste. Like I, I wouldn't post them. I don't, I don't think, I don't think you would. Um, they were basically kind of meme style. Um, but it begs a larger question is all of this outrage because they were anti-liberal. I mean, now his Instagram has been deleted and he, he has a new one. 
this is kind of wild. It makes me miss the old days, like 10 years ago, where nobody had social media and you just got to watch the guys for who they were um, on camera. What, what do you think? I think there's just too much outrage. It's outrage overflow. This is... This is what we're talking about. If you don't use Instagram, you're not talking about him actually coming up with the Mm -hmm. ideas and posting them or even reposting them on his page. He simply is tapping twice on a picture to like them. Now, I'm not going to defend all the posts that he likes. Some of them were certainly in bad taste, but they really are these like stupid, funny, sometimes funny, sometimes not um, memes on Instagram. And I think it's crazy stalker to be even looking at what he's liking. It's one thing to follow him, but to be obsessing over what he likes, I think is just a little bit crazy. And I also think um, the outrage is totally overboard, you know, when when he's being labeled as transphobic. So one of the memes that he liked was a picture of two bathrooms one with Bruce Jenner as a man and one is Caitlyn Jenner as a woman. And he liked that. And I have to think that Caitlyn Jenner could actually laugh at that. And that's where I think like Americans are actually losing it under Donald Trump, where, you know, Caitlyn Jenner like could pro- can take a joke. Like, I-, I think it's just a little bit overboard and extreme. Personally, and on Twitter, a lot of the backlash is the classic case of, well, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but he's wrong. And it's been cool to see a lot of people are defending him. And Becca, you know, the show just kicked off. So she's going on this. Becca the Bachelorette, for those who don't know. She's going on this huge promo tour um, to, you know, publicize and promote the new season. And so she's getting hit with all these questions. And I thought, So great. She's handled this, I think, really well. You know, she said everyone is entitled to their own opinions. And my favorite point she made is she got to get to know, I think it's these 28 guys without phones, without social media, just one on one. Granted, the the situation. Wait, I thought this was a reality show. What's real about getting to know someone without a cell phone? (laughs) That's a good point. But but what she was trying to say is she couldn't kind of stalk them before, look at their social media. And she basically ended up by saying, I hope all of you can, can watch with an open mind like she was forced to do. Yeah, I mean, maybe we just shouldn't judge people based on what they like on Instagram. Let's let's just leave it at that. Let's leave it at that and move on to our next topic, which I'm excited for. I think you're all going to have some opinions if you're watching on Facebook Live. Please share your opinions on this. So J. Crew is selling a feminist T-shirt for little boys. So they posted a picture of this T-shirt on Instagram, and it caused a lot of backlash. The T-shirt reads, I am a feminist, too, and um, it's, it's, it's designed for young boys. It's, it's sold under their crew cuts division. The shirt was the result of a collaboration with J. Crew and Prink Shop, a brand that designs text-based graphic products featuring issues ranging from women's reproductive rights and push for equality equality to education and gun control. So personally, the first time I looked at this, I'm like, what is the surprise? Every store I walk into has some sort of liberal propaganda. So it didn't really bother me. Um, But a lot of people say the political message behind the shirt really crosses a line for J. Crew, And not to mention the product was designed for boys who are too young to even read the words on the shirt or understand what feminism means. But that said, you know, I've been to baby showers where I, I buy 
you know, friends shirts mm -hmm. that, you know, have little sayings on them. So I don't think we need to be overly sensitive or read too much into what the shirt says. But I think there is a different there is something to talk about here um, behind the brand they decided to team up with because it is such an activist brand. And there's no doubt that it's going to make some of their consumers, you know, their conservative consumers angry because this brand really does have a political agenda. And speaking of political agenda, so this brand Pink Shop, they also sell a shirt that reads eroticize equality. We're not really sure <laughs> what, does that mean? what that means, but here's what the description reads. Feminist advocate and icon Gloria Steinem once argued that rather than maintaining our society's objectification and eroticization of the female form and passivity, we must eroticize <laughs> equality. Okay. In the wake of proposed legislation threatening women's access to reproductive health care and their protections under Roe v. Wade, we figured now is as good a time as ever to brandish Gloria's message. Where to start with this? <laughs> I still don't totally understand what eroticize equality means, but okay. I I think there there's just a lot to unpack here. I think you made a good point that these shirts are designed for these little boys who can't read it. Um, they've clearly angered a lot of their base. I mean, I, I we were talking this morning. It, this has kind of blown up more than I had ever anticipated or, or realized. Yeah, I actually wrote about it in Bright, which is a morning email by women for women and men. If you want to get inside our heads and read what we care about, it's it gives you a morning rundown of politics, news and pop culture. And I wrote about this J. Crew thing, you know, not thinking too much of it, because, again, I am just numb to seeing political propaganda from the left thrown in my face at a lot of stores. But this really did make a lot of people angry, including some... I, I, some men. So actually, my, my fiance, you know, apparently reads bright every morning. So thank you, Luke. Um, he out of all the stories I wrote about, he picked this up and he was like, really, J. Crew, And it made him not want to shop there anymore. And I also had an email from another male bright reader who was pretty angry and said it was too early to read junk like this, which made me laugh. Um, so I, I think there is something I think there is something here that, you know, maybe J. Crew made a mistake, but I think the beauty about this is is they'll face the consequences in the free market. Look, I I'm not gonna stop shopping at J. Crew. <laughs> I love J. Crew too much, but I haven't opened their emails all week. I'm definitely like keeping my distance because I do want to send them a message that you know, you, you serve a diverse audience and throwing political messages in our faces like this isn't necessarily a good business decision. And, Ginny, and there's a serious question we need to ask. Are conservative women allowed to wear this shirt? Because as we talked about on last week's edition of Problematic Women, According to Jessica Valenti, who wrote an article in the New York Times called The Myth of Feminism, conservative women are appropriating feminism and we're basically not allowed to call ourselves feminist. So uh, are we allowed to shop at J. Crew and buy the shirt? I'm going to guess that they would not be happy with us wearing this shirt, <laughs> which just plays right into that double standard. All right. Well, when we come back, we will be back for our next segment called This is What Feminism Looks Like.
So it's been long and widely reported that Kim Kardashian is hoping to tackle prison reform. This is a big issue area. It's also kind of one of the few policy areas that there seems to be bipartisan support for. So a lot could be done on it potentially. And specifically, Kim has gotten involved in the case of Alice Johnson. And she's a grandmother who's been sentenced to prison for life for a drug offense. And so Kim is hoping to open up a big discussion about prison reform. And also she's hoping for a presidential pardon for Alice. And on the White House side, Jared Kushner has been leading the charge on this. They hosted a listening session um, last week at the White House. So Kim Kim Kardashian met with President Trump yesterday about Alice and about prison reform. Um, and yesterday was also Alice's birthday. And it seems like real progress was made. They both tweeted about it. It seems like they had a productive um, conversation. Some in the media, though, have had just an absolute field day with it because of Kim's <laughs> name and another important high-stakes summit possibly coming up with another Kim oh my gosh so Jenny I usually like hate the daily news I think they do some really distasteful Mm -hmm. uh covers you know they're the the news outlet that's known for their really provocative covers I could not help but laugh at their the one they came out with yesterday though about this Donald Trump Kim Kardashian meeting uh the headline was the only Kim he could get Give him the Nobel Prize now. Trump holds historic summit with Kardashian. Um, and there's another version that included some language that I'm not going to say on this show, but I would I would encourage you all to just go look up uh, the Daily News Kim Kardashian cover. It was it was I would say it was some pretty good political humor. Um, and when there's so much in bad taste these days, it's nice to just see something that, you know, really does make you laugh. Um, but on a more serious note, I want to say two things about this. Um, one, you know, prison reform is a part of criminal justice reform. And I think this is an area where uh, some conservatives and some liberals are on the same page and both want to see progress. Uh, But I was actually listening to the Ben Shapiro's podcast, which I love. I encourage all of you to listen to it after you listen to ours, of course. (laughs) Um, But he actually looked back at the reason why Alice was sentenced, and it was pretty serious. It wasn't just some minor little marijuana, um, marijuana fraction that centered a jail. It was like, a million dollar drug deal um, and these drugs were infiltrating this entire community it was very serious and reportedly she was the leader of it so I think you know she served her sentence and you know if she deserves to get out of prison she should but I just think we all should read up on the case and actually um, know what we're talking about and not just get behind it because Kim Kardashian is behind it and if you're interested in this issue I think you all should go read about the story of Matthew Charles. Uh, this story has been making its rounds on the internet. And if you haven't read it, um, it's about a man who's getting sent back to prison after being released. It was reported by Nashville Public Radio. Uh, that's where you can read the story. It's not too long. It's really worth reading. And since then, it's spread like wildfire. And many people... Um, you know, bipart- on a bipartisan effort, are calling on Trump to commute his sentence um, and not force him to go back to jail. So uh, if you're interested in this issue, his name is Matthew Charles, and that story is in Nashville Public Radio. All right, well, when we come back, we will be crowding our Problematic Woman of the Week. 
And we're back. It's our favorite time of the week, Ginny. It is time to crown our Problematic Woman of the Week. Would you like to do the honors? Yes. So this week, our Problematic Woman is going to be Ivanka Trump. The media is at it again. She was so problematic this week. (laughs) So problematic. So apparently, she's not allowed to post pictures with her adorable children. She tweeted the most precious photo of her with one of her sons. And she said, my heart... This was on Sunday morning, and then the liberal Twitter army just came out <laughs> swinging. They were calling her tone deaf, and and they said this because when she tweeted this, the hashtag "Where are the children?" was trending, and that hashtag actually was the result of a ton of fake news about the Trump administration's losing, you know, a thousand children, and many of these reports just simply were not true. So, Kelsey, do you want to read some of these ugly tweets? Yes, I'll read some of those ugly tweets. I do want to uh, mention that if you're interested in hearing the whole story and the policy issues behind the hashtag, where are the children? Uh, The Daily Signal podcast did a great job covering that yesterday on Wednesday with one of our uh, very intelligent heritage experts. So, um, you know, that story was just insane. Mm -hmm. I mean, that really does show you um, what fake news is, and I think gives Trump legitimacy when he criticizes much of the mainstream media as fake news. Back to Ivanka Trump, though. So after she tweeted this picture with her son, um, here's just a sample of what all these lovely liberals had to say. An actual mother would have compassion for the children harmed by your father's policies. Your contrived photo ops are absurd. Cute kid, do you know your father's policies rip children from their parents? Now imagine the government ripping him from your arms and taking him away. Maybe never to be held by you again. Lots of anger there, and it's not the first time. That was three of them. I mean, it was... It's it's wild. I mean, we saw a similar thing with Ivanka and Hamas. Basically, all of those riots when they oh. opened up the embassy in Jerusalem, um, a lot of the media here in America, they were trying to connect Ivanka herself to Hamas's riots and protests. I mean, you saw that one absurd um, newspaper cover that said, you know, daddy's little ghoul. So yep. she's an easy target, and it's it's not appropriate, especially on topics like this. And in response to the criticisms over her post, um, Ivanka tweeted a quote from the Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius about not allowing others to distract from one's work. Yeah, so she had a very classy response. You know, it's easy when people come after you on Twitter to, you know, want to just say mean things back. But she took the high road, as she always does. Uh, and I think we we should give her some credit for that. Um, and I do want to mention, since we're on the topic of fake news, Jenny. I know, Ginny, I know you follow Melania Trump quite closely. I do. And, you know, since we're talking about the Trump Trump ladies now, there were some conspiracy theories going on about Melania this week, too. I know. It, it was not surprising, and I loved her clap back yesterday on Twitter. I thought it was so feisty, and I think that when this presidency is over, she will be one of the most interesting first ladies we'll ever have had in office. I mean, basically, you know, CNN's headlines and their headlines are, you know, Melania hasn't been seen in 20 days. Well, she had because a, she was in the hospital. Well, yes. And getting to that, she had a kidney procedure, which, you know, we don't deserve all the details. They they said she's had this procedure. She's recovering. 
clearly it was very serious. She was in the hospital for like five days. Um, and I don't know if I fault her for wanting to look and feel her best when she reemerges. And there's been a lot of reports that she's had meetings with her staff in the White House. She just isn't ready to emerge yet publicly. But the media is having a field day saying, you know, she's moved back to New York or her parents have bought a house in Maryland and she's living out there. And last night she was basically like, newsflash, I'm in the White House. Things are going well. You know, keep on. Yeah, this is what she tweeted. I see the media is working overtime speculating where I am and what I'm doing. Rest assured, I'm here at the White House with my family, feeling great and working hard on behalf of children and the American people. Good for her. Good for her. Well, there you have it. Another edition of Problematic Woman. Ginny, thank you so much for being my co-host today. Thank you for having me, Kelsey. Uh, You can follow my work at The Daily Signal and on Twitter at Kelsey J. Harkness. And you can follow my work on The Daily Signal as well. Or on Twitter at Ginny Maltzbano, and it's Ginny with a G. Ginny with a G. This this podcast is a collaboration of The Daily Signal and The Federalist and is produced by the one and only Lauren Evans of The Daily Signal. If you like our podcast, please, please support us by rating us, subscribing, uh, subscribing, or leaving us a review. We appreciate you sharing Problematic Woman with your friends and for supporting strong conservative women who are standing up for America's culture.